All right, part two here on the Chase and Must podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network coming up in just one second with, oh yeah, it's Edwin Powell of Hawksbeat, the Hawksbeat podcast, an excellent, excellent podcast that uh, all Hawks fans should go check out if they have not already done so. Uh, but yeah, we talk all things Hawks. Uh, we talk about uh, Levine not being an option this summer, DeAndre Hunter getting an extension potentially, uh, Gobert versus Aiton, and who makes more sense in Atlanta, why Gary Payton Jr. might be a name uh, to watch out for here, and why he would make sense next to Trey. Um, Nate and what he's gotten right and what he's gotten wrong as head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, and then just what we ultimately think is going to happen with this roster uh, next season. So uh, all kinds of fun with uh, Edwin to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, that's coming up in just one second here on part two on the Friday, June 17th, 2022 edition here on the podcast. Don't forget, folks, uh, go check us out on YouTube. Yeah, like and subscribe, youtube.com. Uh, slash Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find all of my video stuff and episodes and everything else over on the YouTube page. Tweet at me at Chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. And then, of course, you can email this very program at Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com for future mailback opportunities and uh, if you just want to get in touch with this uh, podcast. So there you go. Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Part two coming up in just one second with Edwin. Uh, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. We're back here on the Chase Thomas podcast, taping this late on a Thursday with E Dub of Hawksbeat, the Hawksbeat podcast. Do you go by E Dub? Do you go by Edwin? Which do you prefer? Who? I, I go by all three, often? actually, man. Depending mm-hmm. on where you know me from. A lot of people on the pod that know me know me as E Dub. Folks call me E. Some folks call me Edwin. So however you feel, bro, it's all good. <laughs> okay. Well, what did did you go by Edwin growing up? Were you an Edwin guy growing up, or did someone give you the nickname E Dub when you were a kid? Yeah, E Dub was kind of my 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 media personality type thing. Like mm. when I started a podcast, I didn't really want to go by my name because I thought it was kind of boring. Yeah. And so E Dub was like kind of like a not really an alter ego because if anyone's heard my podcast, they know like you get what you get. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of where that came from. So you know. That's interesting. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, well, I'm, I can't do E-Dub. I can't just do it. I'm not cool enough, man. I can't do E-Dub. I'm just going to keep going Edwin. Um, so we have... Yeah, Edwin works fine, man. I mean, that is the birth name of, that my mother gave me. So yeah. Edwin is cool. I, I respond is she cool to with it. it? Uh, uh, is she cool with the fact that you're like, ah, I got a lot of other nicknames. She's like, why can't you just be Edwin? Why? Yeah, why yeah. She doesn't call me e-dub, E-Dub at all. Like only folks that like Dibby and Media call me E-Dub, but... Uh, Edwin works just fine, though. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I appreciate you making the time, man. I'm glad we're able to make it work. Uh, it's been a crazy week, uh, both in Atlanta, just really just all across the country with these temperatures. It's just it's just insane. Um, yeah. Hopefully that is not the case uh, for the foreseeable future because it's going to be a long summer with humidity if that's the case. But this is not WSB, and we're not going to be talking about the weather uh, this evening, <laughs> man. So. We can pivot to the Atlanta Hawks, a team that you and I know quite well, two Atlanta guys, and did not have the season they wanted this past year. Obviously, coming back down based uh, from their uh, Eastern Conference Finals run the year prior, um, everyone is uh, reportedly available outside of Trey Young, which is really fascinating. But I want to start with, I saw a lot of folks who were really, really in, in Hawks Twitter on Zach Levine and were like, okay. He's not like the the biggest of fish like a Bradley Beal or whoever who 
we're thinking about and we know that we can't get or whatever. And it's like, oh, Zach Levine's attainable in a lot of Hawks fans' minds. I had no interest in that pairing. Just the defense alone with Zach and Trey, it's just if we've learned anything from these playoffs and just what the last few champions have been, Milwaukee last year, L.A. in the bubble, um, either Boston or Golden State, just top-notch defenses, that like you just it's already hard enough to build an elite defense with Trey, and it's not really Trey's fault. It's just the size is what it is. And you just can't. Like Zach Levine, I didn't like the fit. I didn't, I didn't love the Bradley Beal fit. Um, there's a lot. It's going to be complicated building this thing. But now that it looks like Zach Levine is going to resign and remain in Chicago long term, what was your immediate thought? Were you relieved that the Hawks were not going to have the opportunity to trade a lot of assets for Zach Levine in a sign and trade? Or where were you at with that? Yeah, I, um, I was kind of hesitant of the Zach Levine thing uh not merely because of defense just because of durability you know he's mm. had some durability issues over the past few years and uh you know the defense thing is going to be what it's going to be i mean unless you have like a, a an old school bruce bowen type guy that's going to come in and just lock folks down it's just going to be what it's going to be you know mm. uh so the hawks are in dire need of a of another wing that can create their own shot mm. consistently uh I mean, you got guys like Bogey. You know, he's dealt with injury issues. Uh, DeAndre Hunter was kind of inconsistent this year. And you just need another guy that's going to be like, you know what? Uh, I can get a shot and I'm going to go get it. You know, Zach Levine, he fits the mold, but I wasn't really too high on the Zach Levine kid. Hmm. Um, kind of. So, so here's the thing. I cover the Hawks, but hmm. I'm not like a Hawks fan. And so okay. I always look at it from like a different perspective. Hmm. From my listeners, and I love my listeners. And I think the reason that we kind of mesh is because I can look at things without the emotional, you know, the emotional thing and the, the tie-in, right? Right. So, you know, when they lose and, they, and the playoffs is over, it's like I'm going to bed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I, I would I like Bradley Beal I, I, honestly more than Zach Levine, even though Bradley Beal wasn't a fix-all. I know one thing about Bradley Beal; he gonna get you some buckets. Yeah, that's what the Hawks desperately need. So, I'm okay about Levine. Um, I don't think Bradley Beal's going anywhere either, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But, yeah, that's what I think about Levine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the Hawks, they're not going to sign a big name free agent in free agency. It's never been a destination, will never be a destination. That's not how you build in Atlanta. Um, folks like Dallas have learned the hard way in recent years. And just there's only a handful of cities that can do that. I mean, Utah, we'll see what happens this summer. Um, because if they do a full time, it's like there's just – John Mitchell's a great player, but if you move on from Gobert and you expect to replenish those spots and free, it's just not going to happen. People are not dying to move to Salt Lake in the NBA. It's just not ever going to be a premier free agent destination. I mean, Lillard's been going through that for years now in Portland. Um, I don't know. I just, I think Levine, it's probably the right fit for him to stay. And the injury concerns are, are another part of it for the Hawks and they need durability and I mean just with what happened this past year a lot of important pieces were in and out of the lineup I mean obviously the COVID stuff messed up a lot of this team's chemistry and where they were going early on they dug themselves a gigantic hole but they need reliability and I found it super fascinating that their best five-man lineup uh, was Trey, Bogey, Herter, JC, and Capella uh, this season it wasn't even particularly close when you were going through the five-man lineups uh, and cleaning the glass and just looking at uh, what worked. And when you're watching these games, and that's what scares me with uh, what they do this summer. So when I see that everyone's available outside of Trey, I'm like, 
that's a lot of turnover. That's a lot of potential moving pieces. And I don't think Anyeka should be on the table, really. Like, unless you have yeah. some sort of great alternative, because he is just growing and I love what he can still be. And I think he should be seen as a core piece. But Collins has been a leader and I understand that he wants to have a bigger offensive role. But it's like, man, you were pretty good and things worked pretty well two years ago. And um, I don't know. I think I understand moving on and. Uh, where they go on that front, but I just you the way to surround Trey is it's everything's going to be compared to Luca, but like there is a lot of the roster building of what Dallas is doing that I think we saw with those lineups is like if you're going to go Trey late, you do Trey two wings who can shoot just three and D wings that's it premier defenders um, kind of like the Reggie Bullock and the Dorian Penny Smith types on the mm-hmm. wing and then you have just two. Uh, rim running bigs, uh, two bigs who can switch as well. And they have that in Capella. They have that, especially in Inyeka. Um JC, if you move him out, maybe you slide up Inyeka and Gobert is that five if you make the Capella and, and <laughs> Herder and first round picks for Gobert. But like, I don't know. I think you have to prioritize. I don't want another star next to Trey. I want another well, three. I, I want another guy who's going to shoot and get to the rim, who's going to play really tough defense and be available. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the idea that um, everybody's available, mm-hmm. um, they kind of walked that back a little bit today. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Schultz wrote a good piece on Athletic about mm-hmm. uh, Travis uh, Schlink saying, like, look, this isn't going to be a full overhaul. It's going to be more kind of like a tweak. You know, we're mm-hmm. not going to turn this roster over. You know, and so to me, that says, uh, look, man, we're not going to change like five or six guys. It's not going to be a full overhaul like that. Are, are guys available for, for the picking? Yeah, they're available. And I'm glad you mentioned Anyeka. Like to me, if there is like a second tier, mm-hmm. um, it's Anyeka and it's DeAndre Hunter, hmm. mainly because those are the two guys that are primarily their better defenders on the perimeter. If you remove those guys from defense you know if you remove their defense on the perimeter it is going to be a free-for-all and so Mm -hmm. i think that uh when you look at maybe a second tier level of guys that are kind of really yeah they're available but not so much i think you got deandre hunter and onyeka kongo is those two guys um guys like kevin herter has a very friendly contract bogey's got a friendly contract capella and that's just kind of the nature of the business but i think that they're very interested in keeping onyeka i know that they're really high on him um, the same with DeAndre Hunter. There were some reports that they're trying to get a, a, an extension worked out for him. So uh, I, I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be kind of more of a tweak than a overhaul. Um, I, I love the John Collins kid, but he is probably their most tradable asset because of his size and his game. And uh, Travis isn't going to let him go for just pennies on the dollar. So it's just like, uh, I would be, I mean, I think they're definitely going to make moves, but I don't think it's going to be the tremendous fireworks that a lot of people are bracing for. Well, I don't think they have the assets to do the fireworks. Like the, the, this building has just, I mean, it sucks because this was something that concerned me when the Hawks were just going all in with the young, where it's like, okay, you hit a home run with Trey. Like, yes, I mean, ultimately, and I'm not going to relitigate. Like, the Luca trade is still a loss. Like, because you, you had Luca and you moved Luca. There's a difference. Like, if you had just taken straight, Trey straight up at three and Luca was not there, 
then yeah, you nailed it because no one else saw that. It's like you took the second best player in the draft. You traded back, but like it, it's not over here or there. We don't have to relitigate that because Trey's awesome. He's gonna be an All NBA player for years. Listen, now. that that yeah. Luca versus Trey war between Hawks fans and, yeah. and Mavs fans. I just sit back and watch. Like I don't want no parts of it, no piece of it. Yes, because folks will they will fight over that thing for three hundred and sixty five days out the year, man. So hundred percent. Stay out of. Hawks fans got mad at me early on during that because I was just like. <laughs> It's not even like a take. It's like you can like Trey and still just be like, you know, Luca is probably going to be the best player in the league in the next two years, and Trey's not. Like Trey's going to be one of the ten to fifteen, but I don't think he has the state. Like it's just, I don't think that's a crazy. I, I don't know, but I don't even want to sick uh, a bunch of Hawks fans who get mad when they hear that because I <laughs> love watching Trey Young play basketball and he made the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago. Like you can win with Trey. That's that's the broader thing. Um, I. Also just wonder, because it's like, okay, so Cam did not work. Cam's out the building. DeAndre Hunter, you traded up for. DeAndre Hunter is a player that Dominique Wilkins gets very frustrated uh, talking about on the broadcast. I don't know if you picked up on this, but I would jot it down in my notes where it's like, they he would get so excited in the first quarter if DeAndre had like a 12-point, like aggressive, like, oh, he's driving, he's driving pick and roll. He's a lead ball handler. He's taking charge. He's really... He's really aggressive attacking the rim tonight. This is good. He's taking some pull-up threes. He's taking threes off the dribble. This is fun, DeAndre. This is what we want. And then uh, he'll look over, and it's like third corner. He's like, DeAndre hasn't taken a shot in like 15 <laughs> minutes. And he's it, it's just so sad where he's like, oh, he disappeared again. And that's yeah, just – Yeah, we could, we could do a full podcast on, yeah. on the Dominique-isms, man. Like he yeah. is a jewel. He I is love a Dominique. Jewel. But I really, if I got him on the pod, I would just ask him, like, how many times he got, you're just like, okay, this is, I'm, how many more times you're going to get, uh, get, uh, just entranced by an, a DeAndre Hunter quarter because he flashes it and we've seen it and we know what his potential upside is. And there aren't many wings like a DeAndre Hunter out there. So you have to pay him. So you alluded to that. They're probably going to extend him and that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, you kind of have to, you don't really have a choice because cam's out the door. You've paid a lot of guys. You have a lot of salary committed to Trey Capella and John Collins. He's not like based on this past year, his trade value is not what it could be anyway. Um, He missed a lot of time. I'm sure his trade value around the league is not very high. Um, He's not going to go for like what an OG Ananobi or somebody like that. One of those younger wings who seems like they still more upside. And I, I don't know. He's older. I think that with DeAndre, you still have a good set of skills that he can grow into. Last year was kind of a step back. Yeah. Uh, last year was kind of crazy. Like, I've been covering this team. This was my eighth season this year covering mm-hmm. this basketball team. And it seemed like one of the longest. I don't know if it was because of COVID. It was just like so many just crazy things happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to look at it like, man, it was kind of had to be kind of tough on the players too you know mm-hmm. and he's still a young guy he's still a good defender like if yep. you speak out you know like he there, there's still room for this guy to grow you know and sometimes it's better to just reinvest into what you've already done you know sometimes i say you know it's better the devil that you know than the devil that you don't know you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So sometimes it's better to just invest in the guy that you have and see if you can you know, coach him up and, you know, hope that he, that he does well. Because the last time we saw DeAndre Hunter, he was getting buckets. Like he was mm-hmm. the only one getting buckets against Miami. Well, kind of in, in time where Miami knew that they had won those games. Like it was a yeah. lot of garbage time buckets that DeAndre. Yeah. Was but doing. he was, he was still the only one out there really cooking. I mean, and, and that's yeah. with number 11 out on the floor too. And yeah. like, you know, if the clock is still rolling, rolling, it don't matter who's out there. You got to score. And he mm-hmm. was the only one doing it. So, 
I still think there's a lot of value with him. And if they extend him out, I think they can do it on a very team-friendly deal. So, yeah. you know, I think DeAndre Hunter, again, I think him and Akangu are kind of in that second tier of guys who are available, but really not so much available. Yeah, I think they stay. I think those are the three. And I'm okay with building around them. It, people forget, though, is like DeAndre is going to be 25 this fall, I think, right? Is he going to be? Yeah, he turns 25 this fall. So it's already over. Like at that point, <laughs> like you're, this is who you are. Like you don't make that jump at 26, 27. Like this is kind of, kind of who you are. He was an older player when we drafted him. And that's one of the things when you draft an older guy, and there's a reason that a lot of one done guys are the lottery guys. And you don't, you don't trade up for the guy who'd been in college a little bit longer. So I think DeAndre can be a really good player. I don't think he's a star. I don't think that's on the table. But, I mean, you just saw with Wiggins in the finals. Like, Wiggins has done an unbelievable job uh, revitalizing his career on a good team in Golden State and bought in and just an unbelievable defender now. Save Golden State in Game 5. Like, yeah, you could you could see that. Like, that's the best-case scenario for Hunter, I think, is mm-hmm. becoming that kind of player for, for Atlanta. But him, Okongwu, and Trey, if you say, like, that's our core and we'll keep – figuring it out around those guys. I'm okay with that. Um, but we'll see. Do you do you buy that it's going to end up being like an Aiden or Gobert? And do you have a preference if that was the case? If the you know that Capella's out the door or John Collins for one of those two guys and picks and Herder and whoever else, like who do you think is a better fit next to Trey? Like who do you think Trey would enjoy playing with more, Gobert or Aiden? Oh, definitely. Um Definitely Aiton. I mean, that's my personal. That's my personal preference. Uh, Gobert is thirty years old, you know, mm. and they owe him a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, if you bring him up, you're paying two super maxes on your on your on your roster, right? And so you're mm. paying two super maxes. Tony said he doesn't mind paying a tax, but like that's a lot of money tied up in two players. And then, okay, you kind of hamper yourself going forward as far as flexibility on gaining people and doing any roster adjustment. Like if, if you bring in a guy like O'Bara, like that's, that's you're, 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 you're stepping in the wet cement and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do because it's going to be hard to unload them and it's going to tie you up financially. And personally, I think Aiden is a better fit to me. Hmm. Um, I think that offensively, you know, he gives a little bit more, I think defensively he's, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's respectable, you know, down there in the paint. Um, he's closer to age. Then those guys who have like the core that like the Hawks core right now. So he's younger, he's cheaper, and you can do more around him. Um, keep in mind, you would still have to work a little magic to to get Aiden in there in the first place, you know, because mm-hmm. the Hawks don't have any cap room. They don't have any mm-hmm. cap room. So any free agent that they bring in, uh, it's probably going to have to do through a sign and trade or some other uh, creative ways to get them in there. So. Tony said he's going to pay over the cap, but listen, he's not going to pay over the cap like that. I'm, I'll, I'll be, I'll be your first. This isn't the Lakers, right? Like he'll pay over the cap, but he's not going to do no Golden State. He's not going to do an LA Lakers type thing. So I just, I don't like it from a money standpoint. I don't like it from an age and contract standpoint. I prefer the Aiton over Gobert. That's interesting because I'm on the opposite end where I'm like, I think what Hawks fans have to prepare themselves for is that like. So part of the way this season ended for the Hawks, I think was a blessing in disguise where Trey really struggled in that Miami series. And that the lasting memory is Trey getting shut down because if Trey had balled out in that series against Miami and they still go down, like Trey goes 37 and 10 for that series and they still get crushed essentially. 
I think we have a very different tone this off season where he's like, okay, this is everybody's out. I like, I've done all I can. Like I'm getting really, really frustrated because I'm a superstar and I'm ready to win. Like I just watched Luca go to the Western conference finals and I'm fighting for my life in the play in. Um, now because he was shut down and it's going to adjust because Trey's a brilliant player and he'll adjust and he'll be fine. Um, the thing is, if you have another play-in type season next year, Trey Young ha- is from Oklahoma City. This man has no like he can love the city of Atlanta. This can all be great, but it's a year-to-year thing now with a lot of these guys. And you, if you're Tony, you you have to consider that now, where it's like where people are nervous about the Gobert trade, where it's like he's thirty, and uh, I don't like the 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 age discrepancy between him, Trey, and uh, DeAndre and and Yeko, If we're gonna go with that core, my thing is like if you're not back in the top four in the East, you cannot feel good about Trey's happiness going into next summer. Where at that point he's like, all right, I want out. Like I I want to go win. This is not gonna work. Whatever. So if it means going and taking a huge risk on a Gobert, I'm okay with that because Trey is pro- has the most upside of any player in Hawks history. Like, and I love Neek, but Trey's upside still, and what we saw with what he did to guide this team in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's like, you might as well just go all in because we know how hard it is to get a superstar at Trey's level. We went 30 years in between Neek and Trey. Like, that's it's already hard enough. So just go down swinging. Aiton is still such a question mark to me and just how that ended for him with Monty Williams and uh, the Phoenix Suns this past year, where like, I don't know what he's elite at. He's not an elite rebounder. He's not an elite bucket getter. He's not an elite rim running center. He's not an elite three point shooter. He's not an elite uh, foul guy. Like, I don't really know what his best thing is. Like, I don't really know what he would be the linchpin for in Atlanta. Gobert, I know we'd be a top 10 defense. I know in drop coverage, like he'd cover up a lot of Trey's mistakes. I know that a lot of opposing defenses or offenses would be very, uh, like would be terrified driving on Inyeka and Gobert in close games. Like I know the defense would be elite. Now, is it a problem with spacing come playoff time? And if Gobert can stay on the floor that we've seen in the past where like the shooting and when teams go small, like that's a problem for Gobert. Okay, I get that, but like, I at least know what Gobert is. And I know that the ceiling, and this is a top five, six, four team with Gobert and Trey. Like, that, that's still two all NBA guys that I am certain are all NBA guys. Does that make sense? I think that with Gobert, you would have to look at what Utah would want back. I think and it's because so, with Capella. Yeah, I mean, Capella's like probably, Capella would be a throw in. I think they would try to fleece Atlanta because mm. they're not just going to give up Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Um, they're going to fleece Atlanta if they try to get, like, if they try to make this happen. Like, it's not going to be Capella and some picks. Like, it's, they're, they're going to try to get several, like, key players. Mm. So, like, I just don't think, like, the, the, the money, I mean, the money's going to have to work in order for the trade mm. to go through. But I think for Utah to give up a guy like that, they would have to un- unequivocally win the trade. Like, I mean, they were, I wouldn't be surprised if they asked for like Clint, John, like another high value mm. win and some picks. I wouldn't do that for Gobert. I wouldn't do that for Gobert. I think that's too Interesting. much. And so, in your if you're looking at the totality of what he can, yes, he can. He, he's you know you know he's an you know all world defender, but like I think that like you said, Aiden doesn't do anything elite, but I think he's very serviceable 
on a lot of things, rebound. I mean, all those things that you mentioned, I don't think he's elite at any of them, but I think he's capable of all of them. And I think mm-hmm. if you put a point, if he if you put him with a point guard like Trey Young, his numbers and he's going to look a lot better, hmm. right? So you know, just I mean, and he played with Chris Paul. You know, what I'm saying I think Trey has a lot of those same skill sets of, of knowing where to be, and you know, I think I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be more than fine in Atlanta. And then you have the younger guy, and I think you have more flexibility, and I think you'll have more of the roster intact if you make an Aiden move. First, if you make a Gobert move, I think if you make a Gobert move, there's going to be a lot that you're going to have to give up. And I don't think it's worth it. I just feel like based on what we've seen from Trey the last couple of years, I think he has great chemistry with Clint. Mm-hmm. And I told folks or I was like, I would be based on how Clint talked about Trey and leaving this season and how those two connected. And like, I just there is a trust there between Trey and Clint. And I think Clint's more OK with his role with Trey. And John's always been like, I think that's just, they've all been successful together. And I, I love JC. Like he's probably my favorite Hawk. So that's why it's just rough because I think his leadership and what he means to this team on mm-hmm. and off the court, when you take him out of this locker room, that kind of scares me. Cause I don't really know who becomes the leader at that point. Um, so we'll see, but I mean, John's just somebody you want your locker room in a playoff situation. Like he's the playoff guy. And he, I, I just think wherever he goes, that team will be really lucky to have him. But I, I just, I think Gobert fits more with what Trey would want, where like Aiden's not going to roll like that. He's not going to roll hard. He's not going to be a force where like Trey can just not look and Gobert's at the rim and it's just an easy oop. Like I could just see Trey really, really enjoying, because I mean, Harden and Capella were that in Houston where they had this chemistry where like the rim running, the rim running guy next to a player like Trey or Harden. It, I mean, you're seeing that with Luca. Luca loves that with Dwight Powell. That's what they're starting. It's like that rim running guy. I feel like they love that more than the pick and pop or a guy who sees himself as a high usage guy, because I think Aiton would get frustrated similar to the way that, that JC has gotten frustrated, right? Like he would see his role. He's like, if I'm moving on part of why I want to move on from Phoenix is I think I can be, one of the best players in this league. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is I don't think with Trey, anyone has the oxygen to do that because his usage is going to be too high. His usage yeah. is going to be over 30 every night. Like that's not going anywhere. So you kind of need someone in the room with him. Or like DeAndre, I think is okay with that. I think DeAndre is cool with his role and where he's at. Kevin Herter is absolutely cool with it. Bogey uh, is cool with it being a veteran where he's at. And I think Gobert would be okay with it. I think Gobert understands that his rim running and defensive aspect and what he would bring to the Hawks. I'm not sure Aiton would be on board with night in, night out, Trey taking over games and dominating possessions. That's just my thing. Okay. Um, what do you think would be a package that would get Gobert here? I think it would be Capella. It would probably be Kevin Herter, maybe Bogey too, and multiple first-round picks. Okay. See, I think they would ask for more. Like, <laughs> I think they would ask. They can for ask more. for more, but if Gobert or Mitchell goes to management, he goes to Wade and Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith, and he's like, "Look, I'm going to force my way out, and this is over." If you like, with Quinn gone, I'm shaking up. Mm-hmm. Like, if you do not get Gobert out of here, then I, <laughs> we have a problem. So, if they yeah. force their hand, like Mitchell could force their hand, where he's like, "It's me or him." Like, I don't care what you have to do, but this fall. If you want me here for the long term, like he has to go. Then that changes the trade variable. We don't know what it's yes. like inside there. 
their clubhouse. You know, you should probably try to get Tony Jones on, man. He he would probably be a, yeah. a lot of insight. He's him and uh, Chris did a good article on the potential of a Gobert trade to Utah and kind of what that would look like, and, mm-hmm. and they kind of did a deep dive into that on the Athletic, and it was a really good piece. Um, but yeah, like I don't I don't know like what they're thinking. I don't know like what their clubhouse is like. I don't know how much those two are at odds, you know, is mm-hmm. it media driven? Is it, you know, are they really like, do they really beef like that? I really don't know. You know what I mean? So it could be a case where he wants them out of there. It could be a case where it's just kind of overblown and they just really don't rock with each other, but they can play together. I don't know. Is there one player this summer that you would like the Hawks to target that no one else has talked about? <laughs> yes. Like, uh, and it's not even like a, a high level guy, you know, mm-hmm. Just kind of like a surface play. I really would like to see them go after Gary Payton Jr. Hmm. Um, and it's like I, I I loved Gary Payton's dad, so like yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit biased there, right? I liked Gary Payton when he was coming out of college, and hmm. you know he took the long right around. He you know he did some G League stuff. He was in a couple of training camps, and it does me good to see him do, having success right now. But hmm. to me, he is a guy you need on the perimeter and i think he gives his team a a, a lot of mucks much needed moxie mm-hmm. and to me that was a team this team had no moxie last year they had no mm-hmm. fight no dog in them you know what i'm saying like it, like you know you, somebody pushed the, the, the trey young down like nobody's getting up in anybody's face they don't have mm-hmm. that. gary payton would give them that a little bit you know those, those old school throwback guys they're not really anymore they don't really make those guys anymore but Mm-hmm. I really like the Gary Payton kid. Um, there's several other other kind of guys, but I, I really like Gary Payton, man. Like, you know, I'm not saying he would even come in and start. Or I think that he would bring a lot of defensive perimeter toughness that this Hawks team is in much need of. Interesting you bring them up because what I've thought is like with how expensive this Warriors team already is, and if they win the title, I wonder if they're more likely to just be like, all right, we want another title. We got another one for Steph, Clay, and Draymond, but we cannot pay everybody. And Jordan Poole is going to want to be a starter. Like, would you, could, with Schilling's history, does he go after a Poole or Wiggins where he's like, hey, you want a cheaper Wiggins? DeAndre Hunter uh, right here. Like, do you want to do something like, like, I would not be surprised if the Hawks and Warriors do business on some front, but I hadn't considered Gary Payton. I, I like that. And yeah, kind of like a really low-key, well. you know, not really a sexy name, just kind of like a worker bee type thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I guarantee you this. One thing about Travis that we know, Travis isn't afraid to pull a trigger. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really not. You know what I mean? And, and I tell people all the time, just because they don't make a move don't mean that Travis is not on the phone. Travis is going to do his due diligence. He's going to make them phone calls. And he's going to make the best, you know, he's going to do the, what, what he thinks is best. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, I'm a Travis guy. Like, some people are kind of hard on Travis. I think in the totality of uh, of his moves since he's been here, he's got more right than he's gotten wrong. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't I don't bang, I bang Travis at times. I like that he's forthcoming and he's like, look, man, I messed up. I like mm-hmm. I like a GM that can admit like, hey, that move wasn't that best. Travis is very open and uh, mm-hmm. he's very good with the media. I love speaking with him. He, he's he's a really delight to talk to. And uh, yeah, I like Travis, man. So I think he's going to do his due diligence. And if if Poole is, is ready to make a move and I'm, I'm sure Travis is going to get him on the phone and see what they got available. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see on that front. Um We'll end on this. So if Quinn Snyder, who obviously was an assistant under Mike Budenholzer, if he was like, he put the feelers out, like, hey, uh, I'm interested in coaching Trey and Gobert, 
in Atlanta. So <laughs> if you want to do that, do you, are you certain Nate's the guy long term? Would you have? Would you if you're Schlinker Company and you just hear that like Quinn is open to it? Do you think there's enough of an upgrade to make a switch? Did you see enough from la- from Nate last year where you're like? maybe there was something about just the coaching change from Lloyd to Nate, that there was this high emotional high that the Hawks ran on uh, for that uh, deep playoff run. And last year was more of an issue. Like the timeout stuff in the playoffs was a problem. And what he did during the season, like just not calling timeouts when runs just got out of hand. That was something that uh, a lot of folks did not like um, some rotation questions um, throughout the year, but by and large, we know he's a really good coach, but I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm curious. What would you, how would you rate Nate to this point? And do you think that's something that they might explore if Quinn uh, puts the feelers out there? So, yeah. So, you know, in, in Hawks Twitter, Nate is always, and, and, and it's in every Twitter, you know, every, mm-hmm. you know, Mavericks Twitter, you know, it, the coach is always the guy, right? Yeah. Because no one's going to, no fan is going to, most fans aren't going to be like, hey, my player didn't play good or my player mm-hmm. wasn't in the right spot or my player X, Y, and Z. The blame is always going to go to the coach 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And I bang Nate on uh, on some things, but I think he's a good coach. Do I think he's the guy that's going to get him to that next level? I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm, he's really. But what did you bang him on? What is, what is, what, what is frustrating about his coaching for the last year and a half? Um, He's very old and stubborn. Mm-hmm. Stubborn as far as like flexibility. Uh, I, I would have liked to see the young kid a little bit more. Jalen Johnson, the rookie. Yeah, just did not uh, play. And, and, and just to not play him in certain situations, I thought was problematic. But old coaches are like that. Old coaches mm-hmm. are very and – he, and he's from that old school where, look, man, you're not finna play unless, you know what I'm saying, like you're really going to have to show that you're going to you know, earn this playing time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I banged him on that a little bit. Not so much the X's and O's are, are, are really like, you know, the schematics. I, I think at the end of the day he's a good coach. But yeah. uh, let's say – I think last year when they made the run, it was more so of they just needed a new, new voice because they didn't mm-hmm. like Pierce anymore. And sometimes you just make a little adjustment because his coaching style wasn't that different from Coach Pierce. Like if you mm-hmm. look at the X's and O's and how they coach, how they do rotations, it wasn't really that different. The guys just liked him better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, my thing is this, if, if, if you're ready to get rid of Nate after year one, like kind of year one and a half, and then what? You you bring in another guy, and this is what Trey's third coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then like, how how many times are we going to keep going through the through the through the, the, the rotation yeah. until we get a guy? And and before we look at the players on the court, not saying that Trey's the fault or anybody's at the fault, you know. But a lot of times we give these players a pass, and I think the culpability lies on both sides. I think maybe mm-hmm. it's sixty forty. Maybe the coach is sixty, and the, the players are forty. But I think the culpability is a little bit more down the middle than we like to admit. Yeah, I would agree. What have you liked, though? What do you think is the best trade about Nate running the sidelines? Um, he's experienced. He knows that he, he's not he's not he doesn't get too high with the highs, too lows with the lows. Mm-hmm. And that's very valuable. An 82 game stretch and 82 game season. It's funny because, you know, I always tweet during the Hawks games and mm-hmm. I love to see fans reactions and how they go up in the first quarter and down in the third. And mm-hmm. then they're back and forth. And then fourth quarter, they're either happy because their team came back or they're very upset because their team blew a lead. Mm-hmm. That's basketball. 16 point, 18 point leads mean absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Nate is very even keeled. Like 
you at, at, in a press conference, you won't be able to tell if the Hawks won by 20 or if they lost by 20. His mm-hmm. message is always the same. And I think that's what has made him stick around. You know, he knows the game of basketball and you can't replace his knowledge. You know what I'm saying? He knows the game. He, I mean, he, it's a different game nowadays than when he played, but he knows the game and how it should be played. And so I think that's his most valuable asset just from what he's seen and what he knows because he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. There you go. Uh, we'll end on this. What do you think the Hawks ultimately do this summer? What do you think is the the move? What do you how do you think they reshape this roster? I think they they really try hard to bring in a guy who is um, going to be a difference maker. I don't think they make a lot of moves, but I think they make a pretty sizable splash. I think that sizable splash may uh, include John Collins leaving, mm. possibly Clint Capella, uh, maybe another wing. Um, who they bring in, I can't. I don't even know. I don't know, but I think those might be the guys who are the closest to the ledge. And um, I'm not going to say that I like that, but I think that they just feel that they have to shake something up. If nothing else, to send to their star player a message that, look, we're going to shake this thing up mm-hmm. and we're going to try to get things going. If we fail, we fail, but we're going to roll the dice. You know what I'm saying? Because Which we'll, is what you have to do. Yeah, like what we gave you last year just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So we're going to shake the dice, and it may hurt a little bit, but we're going to try to shake it up and make, we'll just go from there. You know, you fail, you fail, you know, but you got to take a shot, you know? Yeah. I, um, I think, well, I'm curious. So true or false, John Collins and Clint Capella are on this roster on opening night this year. I say Clint Capella, both of them. Oh man, that's a tough one because I could, because here's the thing. They could be on the roster and then mm-hmm. they can still get traded by the deadline. So I just don't think you can. So I don't think you can have this much smoke out there that like everyone's available except Trey and like be linked to every disgruntled star at the moment. Yeah. Like I just I think it would be pretty surprising. I I'm gonna say Clint's still on this roster. I think uh, I don't think both of them would be here. I think one yeah. I think JC's gone. I think that's the one I would be absolutely floored if Collins is on this roster opening night. That would floor me. Yeah. Um. I, because Collins, I think, is the most tradable asset, and mm. if they're really trying to make a splash, I think he's probably the guy to go. Yeah. Um, and then you can still move Clint if you want to before the deadline, if you just have to move him. And then, like, here's the thing. Like, you don't really have to move Clint. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't have to. He didn't have his best year last year. But the thing with me, uh, with big men, they don't get healthier as their mm-hmm. careers go on. Like, they don't get healthier. And when they start dealing with them injuries, it's best to cut bait, like, quick. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're not going to get healthier. They're, they're bone, like, they're bigs. They don't get healthier. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think that uh, John is probably uh, gone and Clint will probably be here. But who knows? I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, I will go down this hill. If one of the current Pacers from this past year is not on the Hawks on opening night, uh, I would be floored. Whether it's TJ Warren, Brogdon, Heel, Turner, one of those guys are going to find their way to Atlanta on, <laughs> by opening night. I am certain that Nate is going to go to bat and get one of those guys in here. I don't know which one, but I think it's going to be one of those guys. It, like TJ Warren actually would help. Like if a healthy TJ Warren uh, in crunch time, like he takes pressure off Trey. Like that's just Definitely. that's his I mean- thing. TJ can get buckets, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, the key thing is his health. Like, yeah. you know, you, you don't want guys to come in here and make a big splash, make a ton of money and give you 40 games. You yeah. know, like, nah, I mean, you just need, you need healthy bodies in the building. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, do you think Jalen starts opening night if the draw oh, is no. great? No. No. <laughs> Jalen is because we, we still honestly don't know what Jalen is. Yeah. Like we saw him. I I cover the G League team. Mm-hmm. And he, he looked good in the G League, but like when he came to the pros, it was only you you don't know what you get when watching a player play the last five minutes and only playing twenty something games. I don't I don't know what he is in the pros. I I what was I, Cooper. Uh Cooper, he was, you know, I think that Cooper's a free agent. I think they bring yeah. him back on a two way deal. I think he'll be like kind of in the G League and, and back and forth again. Do you think he gets um, more of an opportunity though behind Trey this year or no? Possibly. It depends on what the Hawks do with their backup point guard. Yeah. Um depends on what they do a lot with delon wright um mm-hmm. i'm a huge delon wright fan i don't think he's back i don't think there was a press there i, I think he think. priced himself out of atlanta yeah. how he how well he played last he was great and uh, i just don't think that it, they're going to be able to afford him you mm-hmm. know so it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see uh what they do with the young kids but and, and it's crazy because nate doesn't really that's not really his thing it's not his yeah. thing isn't really developing young guys you're like it's like yo it's like that's just how it is you know yeah Edwin, how do the good folks keep up with you and uh, the great podcast over Hawks Beat and everything else? What can you plug as we wrap up here today? Yeah, man. I appreciate the time as always, man. Uh, just follow me. I'm a little uh, mark marquee there at Hawks Beat right. on Twitter. Uh, that's our name for all of our platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast for the free, man. It's Apple Pod, you know, Spotify, iTunes, wherever um, you can catch our pod. Uh, we're doing a lot of off-season stuff now. Once the season get rolling, uh, we really get rocking and rolling, man. I took like about a month off when this season mm-hmm. was over, man. My body just shut down. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, man, come hang out with the Hawks beat, man. You know, uh, that, that's how we get down, man. There you go. There you go. Edwin, thank you so much for making the time. I greatly appreciate it. We'll have to check back in again soon. No doubt, man. Anytime, my guy. All right, that'll do it for part two here on the Friday, June 17th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Moments Podcast and Blue Wire Pride Network. Apologies for my sound on my end. Uh, I, I For whatever reason, it keeps uh, switching back to my default uh, desktop mic without telling me, and I don't understand why. Um, so I apologize that uh, the sound on my end was kind of weird, and it was from my... Uh, just my desktop sound so uh i guess i'm going to have to like quadruple uh quintuple check that uh every uh every pod for a while so i'm not really sure why i did that uh so i apologize that the audio is a little bit uh odd on my end but i hope that did not deter you from enjoying uh today's edition of the podcast Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and you've not already done so make sure you hit that pause button before you exit today's episode and leave this show a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts or spotify if that is indeed how you listen to today's program uh, you can also check us out on youtube youtube.com uh, type in the chase thomas podcast you'll find us there uh, or just youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast that easy that simple you can find us quick and easy read me sports renaissance man uh, a lot of great sports content on the site this week sports renaissance man.substack.com that's me type in your email become a subscriber today that easy that simple tweet at me chase almost or uh, chase double underscore thomas uh email the program for mailbag or any just questions about the show you can do so chase almost podcast at gmail.com part three coming up in just one second uh uncle derek how'd i do Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.